Thank you so much for joining the Dr. Whisperer podcast show. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, and you are here to listen to others talk about the business of medicine. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with somebody else that is in the business of medicine so we can all learn together. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Whisperer Show or back to the Dr. Whisperer Show. Very, very happy to have this conversation with Jeff Russell, who is a best-selling author, a speaker, a business owner. He's the founder of the Oak Ridge uh, Financial Group, you know, International Associations for Physicians and Aesthetic Medicine. Love that. What, uh, the I-A-P-A-M. I love all the association names. <laughs> so welcome to the show. There's so much more about Jeff and we're going to dive into that. But first and foremost, thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sharon. I appreciate the invite. Yes, it's really great to have this conversation. Before I hit record, a lot of the juicy stuff starts. So we're not going to do that to the audience. We're going to share with them um, how we got to the point really quickly, Jeff, really quickly. And one of the reasons that you are doing what you do today is because you want to really help these physicians take care of their own mental health. So if you give them resources and you write books and you have trainings, this is how we help these physicians do what they do best and hopefully have a life like, you know, the one that you have where you, you don't work as much as, as, as those that are just killing it every day or trying to, I'm not going to say the words anyway, Jeff, <laughs> why don't you tell the audience about what you're doing and why you're doing what you do today? Absolutely. So it goes back many years. So 17 years ago, I actually created the International Association of Physicians in Aesthetic Medicine. And the funny thing was the original reason we did it was because physicians were asking, you know what, my patients are coming, they're getting older, they want to know how to do these procedures. So it was very much patient focused, right? And they wanted to help the patients and they figured this is a medical procedure. I'll learn how to do Botox and maybe laser procedures. And so we started doing that. And then maybe three, four years into that uh, journey, insurance reimbursements start to nosedive. Now, all of a sudden, while you used to get paid $80, you're getting paid $18. Right. And so things became a grind, right? You had to see more patients, you know, not just one every 10 minutes, but five every 10 minutes. And so that grind really starts to wear on physicians. So we started getting them saying the reason we're taking this is because I want to see happy patients and I need to make some extra money to compensate for the insurance reimbursement reduction, yes. and which is a really sad reason. And the other thing that I told them too is the nice thing about aesthetic procedures is they're cash-based procedures. Mm -hmm. So that means no insurance is involved. And think of it as a diversification strategy. Like you do your insurance patients over here, or your Medicare, Medicaid, and then over here you have cash patients, right? Just like if you were investing in your IRA, you wouldn't do everything in real estate or everything in bonds, you would diversify. So right. we really showed them how to diversify from cash and insurance which was a great, great, great thing. 
And funny thing is my OBGYN who delivered my two girls and got mm -hmm. me in the deal is a family uh, <laughs> turned into kind of a OB slash family practice uh -huh. uh, was always like, oh, you do Botox. And I'm like, yeah, I go, we should open up a clinic as all my patients are asking. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually a great idea. And that was 11 years ago. So mm -hmm. 11 years ago, I had a full-time job. She had a full-time job delivering babies, doing rotation, you know, the stuff that OBs mm -hmm. do. And we're like, okay, we want to do this, but neither of us have time to do this. So how are we going to do it? We just knew we were going to do it. And I kind of knew how to do it. So what we did was we kind of took the training and learning from the IAPAM and we applied that and created SOPs, standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. We created processes and then we hired a nurse and she did it. And so when we kind of look back, we actually created an autonomous practice, a practice that doesn't require us. I work maybe an hour a month. She works maybe two hours a month. And what a dream. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we didn't do it intentionally. Like we didn't plan on it. It was just like, yeah, this had to work. It was covering its costs. So everything was being fine. But what we didn't realize is we actually created an entire business that doesn't require either of us to be there. Mm -hmm. So one of the fascinating things with aesthetic procedures is that you can have extenders do them. You don't have to do the procedure. So if your family you only get paid when you see the patient, right? Not when your nurse sees them, not when your MA sees them, but when you see them. Same thing if you're ER doc, you get paid your hourly rate or however you're getting paid when you see a patient. But if you're not seeing a patient, you're not getting paid. Right. But with aesthetics, you can be delivering babies. We got three nurses seeing patients and you're making money all at the same time. Mm. So it really turned into kind of a lifestyle business for her. She's mm -hmm. been doing it 27 years. And the plan is I'm going to sell 40% of my 50% share to her. She's going to retire out of medicine. And that's going to be her full-time gig working two, three hours a month. Oh. And, and she can that's now the best choose full-time gig I've do. ever heard of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and the revenues are quite big, right? We're, we're talking six figures easy for both of us. Yeah. So it's, it was an interesting concept. Um, and because you're just taught, and I was taught this, you're supposed to grind it, do everything, work your 60, 80 hours a week, and just do it, right? Well, you don't actually have to do that. Certain parts of medicine, you absolutely do. So now's the time really to start thinking about how you kind of diversify. And I'm only interested in procedures where the physician doesn't have to do them, where they can have an extender, an MA, a nurse, an esthetician, a laser technician, you know, some extender do the procedures is that's how you really leverage your time. Now, one plus one equals five, not one plus one equals two. Mm, totally. So I've heard you, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding correctly. You've said nurses instead of nurse practitioner. So our, and when you're saying extender, you're saying MAs and, and I don't think of, I, when I think of aesthetics and I think of the person that's delivering Botox to my forehead, I'm thinking of an NP or a PA. So can you correct me or educate me or something here, Jeff? Sure. Well, how many RNs are doing injections in a hospital? 
Oh, right? I mean, how many yeah. LPNs are doing mm -hmm. injections in old folks homes doing B vitamins and all that. Totally. So depending on your state, so pretty much every state in RN and up can do cosmetic injectables. In most states, not Florida, for example, an LPN or an LVN can do them. Mm. So now all of a sudden we're getting people that are usually grinding it in the hospital and then get to work in a nice medical spa environment. Mm -hmm. And they really appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, funny thing was like, I've been teaching, I've had a business, we have a four day program in Scottsdale, Arizona, where we teach hands-on training and all that. And we have a business day and I've been teaching for 17 years. Like you got to start the practice to run without you keep your day job and start this kind of as a, a, I don't call, I know now side hustle is a popular, but you can call it a concierge medicine. So anything you're not doing, you just yeah. call it concierge medicine and then you got it covered yeah. and then kind of build it up. So you don't have to like go all in and just do everything. You can incorporate it. And those who have practices already, it's so easy because most aesthetic patients want to come during lunchtime, after work, and on Saturdays. And yeah. those are generally when your clinic is closed. So you can just put on a shift of nurses. Um, and in some states, like estheticians can do things. So you have to kind of check state by state. Mm -hmm. Well, I love this. You know, I was running pediatrics before I opened the doctor was for 10 years ago. And I was in adult medicine before that. But when I was running pediatrics, one day I just noticed how many patients we were referring out to after hours pediatrics. And I thought, well, why don't we just, why don't we bring in a nurse practitioner at night and open a night division and capture all of that revenue where the doctors don't have to be here. Right. And, you know, it was very successful. I, I and I'm always, I, as a business person, I'm always thinking about how, how to maximize how to uh, have the physicians think about retirement, how they th think about not working so much, spending time with their family, spending time with their children. And it always seems that they are still to this day working the hardest. So believe you me, I know how much they need your book, Jeff, and your training course. And also, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about the IAPAM? Because I think that... Well, let's just do something personal here. So when I go to the OBGYN today, I'm not going for the OB, I'll be 51 next month, but I am going to the gynecologist. And I am always so, uh, for me, because I'm a business person, annoyed that they are not um, talking about bioidentical hormones. Because if there's ever anybody that I'm going to actually really listen to about this, is going to be somebody that has understood, you know, that part of my body and going through menopause. Um, I would want to speak to the person that is doing my annual exam every year, but they have, you know, they don't do it. They have yet to do it. And I am, am of course thinking about all of that lost revenue. So can you speak to that a little bit, Jeff? Like what, how do people, how do these physicians end up coming to, your association. Let's start there. You know, usually a friend, a family, or a patient is asked for. 
And they're like, okay, this is, um, now I'm getting 10 people have asked for this, 20 people have asked Mm -hmm. for this. I better maybe learn something about this. So, and then often once they start researching it, they're often looking to refer them out. Mm -hmm. And then they realize, oh, this would actually be kind of fun, right? It's actually fun seeing patients who want to see you. They don't have to see you. And that that whole mental change that happens is don't underestimate that as the provider, you need that, you know, because it's everybody's coming in, they've got their 400 pages of Google doctor who says they have all these issues. They know better than you, you know, they got, this has been bothering them or, you know, so it's never positive or happy, but here someone like you, okay, I I'm, you know, I'm here, but I want to feel better. I want to feel optimized mm-hmm. because the people who need Botox, they don't really need Botox, mm-hmm. but it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the biggest things and the bit most gratifying things about going into aesthetics is you think it's not real medicine, but you're actually more in mental health. Like when you look at the amount of Americans on antidepressants, it's 17%. If I pulled the charts on my in my clinic, I would say 89% of my clinic uh, patients are on antidepressants. So there's something that bothers them. And it really, you're so used to, oh, okay, if like you don't have like a hand falling off or you got a big cancer thing, you don't really have anything to worry about. The smallest little wrinkle will bother someone. They'll be subconsciously um, conscious of it. They'll do their hair a certain way. They'll do makeup a certain way. They'll change the way they live because something bothers them. And if you can fix that for them, you are like, you know, a game changer. I'll tell you one of our dermatologists, she says, you know what? I do half general derm cancers, half cosmetic. I've never yet gotten flowers or chocolates from a cancer patient who I've saved their life but yeah. a Botox patient or an injectable patient, mm-hmm. I'm getting flowers and chocolates every week. Somebody's so happy, but yes. you just took off like a stage three melanoma, right. but right. that doesn't, yes. that doesn't earn flowers or chocolates. Right. Oh, I'm totally with you. And I think that, you know, I would like to dive into the mental health aspect because, you know, a, a lot of the physicians that I've had the great honor of, of helping through the years, have been in this, you know, I always do the handcuffs image. If you're watching on the video, they're in this corporate cycle and they want to break out. They didn't understand when they were in medical school that they weren't actually going to be able to just practice medicine, that they were going to have to, you know, I don't know, have buy a building and have a lease and do contracts and talk about malpractice and all the things and the insurance that they're never getting reimbursed enough money for. And they want to dive into a cash business, but they don't know how to do it. And the the thing for me that was the most difficult was to watch them struggle as much as they were. Every doctor knows that their traditional insurance only goes so far. Dare I say malpractice. These are real risks that keep you up at night. Real risks. Like you have to consider that. So SRA 831B admin helps businesses fund their own PPP plans. Did you hear that? Does that, is that making sense? So SRA 831B admin helps you mitigate risk and lower your tax liability by putting money in to a vehicle that's tax advantaged. You need that. 
You know, dentists that were deemed non-essential, remember that in the pandemic, the ones that had these 831 plans, they were able to file a business interruption claim and use their tax advantage dollars. So what are you waiting for? Check out SRA 831B admin. You won't regret it. Because they're so smart. I mean, these physicians are some of the most brilliant and uh, wonderful human beings that just want to help, but they need to make a living and they get so burnt out, which is that almost politically correct way of saying they're having really tough struggles with their mental health Mm -hmm. and they need to have a space in their life and in their business where they feel better. Can you speak to what, what it's been like for you to, to witness that yourself working with all these different physicians? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I actually didn't realize for many years is that the positive difference that I talked about for that patient who now just feels good. Same thing happens to physicians who actually get into this more cash base. Why we're diversifying their practice and you cannot underestimate the value of having happy patients where you Mm. actually feel like, ah, like you can breathe. Mm. It's almost like this. You're straddled with immense amount of debt. You have this constricting of like, oh my God, I have to work a double. I have to come in. I can't go home and see my child's soccer game, right? Like there is all the sacrifices that you make. And then you're always at risk of some med mal issue, right? Mm. Some patient whose child didn't turn into Einstein is now suing you. (laughs) because you didn't give them a B complex yes. injection or some obscene thing, <laughs> right. right? Like say, this is a stupidity you have to deal with. Yes. It's nice to actually have the breathing time. Mm-hmm. And in the last, since COVID really, we've gotten a lot of, um, attendees and what they're saying is, you know what, I am burnt out in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Every time I come in, the rules change, things change. I have to do this. I can't do this. And then there's politics. This HMO is buying this guy. This guy's buying this person. Then the administration at all, like you can't just practice medicine. You're in like, you're playing political games games. It's very mentally exhausting. And I don't think physicians realize how much that kind of beats in the back of their brain Mm -hmm. and kind of you feel defeatist. And so going into aesthetics and cash-based medicine or anything else really kind of gives you that relief because Mm -hmm. you're diversifying yourself and you're not relying on the system Mm -hmm. anymore. And so it really is a good mental diversification Mm -hmm. from the stresses of medicine. So let's talk about this book, Fire Yourself First. I So what was the catapult to have you write this? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, as somebody who's written a book, I know what a tedious process it can be. Um, but thank you for doing that and putting that work out there into the world to benefit somebody else. So tell me why you decided to write this book. Well, I've got about, I have five businesses and so I'm busy. So a lot of my operating businesses feed my family office and I do investments and I do stuff like that. And so I'm not as involved day to day. And when I look back, 
maybe three years ago, I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to work 10 days a month and that's it. And I'm like, I was working like 60, 70 hours a week. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to 10 days a month. So I started at 25 days a month and then went to 20 days. Like it took maybe nine months to get 10 days a month. And I'm like, you know what? I have all this time to do stuff. It Mm -hmm. is awesome. And you know what? I'm making more money than I've ever made. Because I went back in that clinic that I opened 11 years ago, I looked at what I did to set it up so it ran without me. And Mm. I did that for all my other businesses. Mm. And so I always had this in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah, I've got this. And I was chatting with a business colleague. He goes, you basically fired yourself from all your businesses. I'm like, yeah, that is a good way of putting it. I did. And uh, it actually not only gave me my mental health back, but it also increased the value of all of my businesses. Mm. Because if you have a business where you're not required to be there day to day, the valuation and the value of that business is two to five to 10 times more valuable to Mm. a buyer. So for example, in my clinic here, I was, I have a plastic surgery group that wants to buy it because they want that as the funnel. These are aesthetic people. They're in their thirties, forties, fifties. Soon they're going to need surgery, like brilliant, right? Like that's the, the one plus one equals 10. So, you know, and then somebody, and so when I had the fire yourself, so I had it in the back of my mind. And then last August at one of our events in Scottsdale, we had a physician from Flagstaff, an ER doc who was coming. And uh, we, you know, I saw in the back of the room, materials were still there. So he didn't show up on the Friday. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, you got to work a double, you, things happen. I wasn't too worried. And then the Saturday wasn't there either. And so I'm like, I got to get my team involved to um, find out, you know, make sure he's okay. He wasn't an accident and all that. And then maybe a week later, we get a call from his wife and his wife uh, informed us that he had actually committed suicide a few days before the event. And he was really looking forward to going to the event because he was so overwhelmed in ER that he needed an out. And I didn't realize that's what we were actually providing. And, you know, mental health and suicide is a very complicated and you don't think straight. Right. So I just wish, right, that he could have lasted three more days, as I know I would have been able to shift his mind to showing him an easy way to practice medicine, where you're not required to grind it 60 hours a week. And that's when I'm like, you know what, I had this book in my mind, it's going to print. So Mm. we started, uh, started writing it. And then it came out in May of this year. And so it's kind of a new release. And it's basically just the four things I did to get to working 10 days a month. And I want you to start thinking who not you, right? So we always in the doctor think who I have to do everything. I think physicians and business owners are really bad at this. They think they have to do everything. Mm -hmm. And you can start off doing that. But now it's time to let that go. And if you don't let it go, it's just going to bring you down and you're just going to get such a relief if you start just letting go little things at a time, not a big thing at once. Mm. And so I've got four steps on how to create an autonomous practice, one that runs without you. And that is the fire yourself first book. Mm. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that news. Um, And it's a very common story, unfortunately. And I think Mm -hmm. that physicians more than any profession there's a real 
hesitation about having that conversation because they are looked at for answers that if they were to say that they didn't know how to help themselves, that it would be a very, um, they are, they're always thinking about what everybody else is going to think. Yeah. And then they're also in that predicament when it comes to ensuring themselves and their own malpractice and the stuff that they have to fill out for, uh, tail coverage, all of the things, there's so much that goes into it, but you're right. Like if, if somebody could just hang on and know that there are resources like your book and like your events to help, then hopefully we will stop having this conversation about losing people to suicide, you know? Um, and I, this, it's not talked about enough. Obviously I talk about it all the time. I, I wrote a book about it, but it's, it's for these physicians, especially, um, there is a better way and there is help. And there are people that want to help you. So if you are listening or you are watching and you are struggling, you really, you really would do yourself some good. If you realize that you weren't a alone, that there, how many, I mean, you know, Jeff, how many physicians that are entrepreneurs are that struggle and feel like they're the only ones knowing that, you know, it's okay not to be okay can be such a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I want to do is it's normal, right. Yeah. To think that way, there are going to be times where you just feel beat down. Like I do even working mm -hmm. my 10 days a month, it's going to happen. It's just like how quickly we kind of recover and kind of shift into the back into the positive frame of mind mm -hmm. is so important. And I think many of us lost the reason you went into medicine or the reason, yeah. you know, I went into my business is to help people. And most yeah. physicians went into medicine to help people. Yes. And so that's what we want to do. But yeah. let's not forget about helping ourselves. So don't, and I see this a lot. It's like, well, I'm used to working my 80 hours a week. I don't want to work you know, 10 days a month, what would, you know, that would be bad. No, trust me, you're going to help yourself and you're going to help many other people by doing that. You're yeah. going to have a lot of opportunities that you never saw before. And the biggest thing, it allows you to think mm. you need downtime to just think about stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's when the ideas come and always think bigger than you. You are not medicine. You mm. are much bigger than medicine. So where do you want to be? Like I have a saying, live a life well lived. And when I turned 50, I'm like, I thought, did I live the life that I wanted to live when I was in my 20s? I had all these dreams. I was going to do all this stuff. And I realized I just been grinding it for 30 years. Right. Like what happened here? Right. You know, yes. Where did this go? Yeah. Right. And so for me, I opened up orphanages in India. I wanted oh. to give back to places where these people couldn't help themselves. Right. So mm -hmm. that's my soft spot is children and oh. people in mental health issues that they can't help themselves. Right. Like, so mm -hmm. how can we help them? And so I'm just hoping, you know, just rethinking things. If you shift how you do things in medicine just a little bit, you will be so much happier. Uh, but you can't do what everybody else is doing or you'll get what everybody else got, right? right. So yes. if you want to be the 10% of those elite physicians who are, you know, having family vacations off every single weekend or having a three-day weekend every, you've got to do it differently than everyone else is doing it. And I, I would hope that, through this pandemic, I mean, oh my God, I've changed so many things about my own life and my own business. 
and I'll be changing it yet again because I, I realize turning 51 next month and being gifted a life where I don't struggle anymore with my mental health issues and addiction that we only, we get one shot. In my case, I got like three shots, you know, but I would never know how to put all of that into perspective if I did not give myself exactly what you just talked about, some quiet, some time to reflect, some time to be creative, some time to think about what is best for my life for the rest of my life, because there's only this quality time remaining. How am I going to, and this is my favorite time of year when I work with my clients, because October for me, it's like, you have three months left. Let's not all get into a panic when we start seeing the Christmas tree right after they take the pumpkin down. (laughs) Let's start thinking about it yesterday And let's start strategically planning because like you said, it did not take you a day to start working 10 days a month. That is a process and everything that we do is a practice, but we absolutely need that quiet space, whatever that might be, taking a walk, meditating, but putting yourself first because our physicians, as you know, they always put everybody before them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. and we can't help anybody if we're not helping ourselves first. Well, Jeff, who Absolutely. knew that we would have this deep of a conversation, right? <laughs> I, I love know, it. right? You never I know where it. it's going to go. It's so good though, but you have really, I can't wait to read your book and I can't wait to tell everybody about your book because I love giving resources to my physicians so they know that they're not alone and that there are better ways of doing business and all of those you know, young docs that are in medical school today, you know, they can do things differently. We have great technology. We have opportunities to bring on extenders, um, just a better way to do business so we can really do life better. Absolutely. It's so true. So true. Yeah. Um, So you're just thinking outside the box. Just don't think, you know, how they teach you in medicine, medical school is very dated, maybe worked well in the 50s and 60s, but it's not going to get us through what's coming. Yeah, yeah. And th- that goes to like who you're surrounding yourself with, right? You need people that are positive cheerleaders that say you can do it and and be with people that have done it and learn from people that have made mistakes. So you don't have to make the same ones. And whatever you do, don't spend all your time with doctors, doc. Right. Spend your time with people like us. We'll give you a different perspective. Well, Jeff, I really do appreciate all that you do to help my favorite people, the physicians that have healed and helped so many. It's uh it's been a great honor to speak to you. And I will have all the information of how to get fire yourself first and to learn more about Jeff and all the things that he's doing in the show notes. So please follow, click buy, do all the things. Thank you for being here, Jeff. Thank you so much, Sharon. It was an honor. Don't forget to mitigate risk. Visit 831B.com for more information.